Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. All right, big time guest here on the Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. He is top five all time in Purdue history in scoring with 2,074 points. He is second all time in scoring average at 28.8 points per game. My goodness. And then he also received the highest honor that anybody can attain in sports. Uh, he had his own likeness turned into a bobblehead on Thursday night last week. <laughs> Dave Shellhouse is on with us here. Hey, how you doing, sir? Well, I'm doing well. Thank you, Jared. Uh, first off, huge moment on Thursday night. Uh, I, I love the speech, too. and I mean, just tremendous message that you put out there. Uh, that had to be a real special moment for you back on the floor at Mackey in front of a sold-out crowd. Yes, it was. You know, I'm, uh, I live uh, close to Lafayette. I live in Logansport, so, you know, I have season tickets, and people have asked me over the years if, uh, you know, when are they going to have a bobblehead night, and I always said, well, I didn't know, and uh, then this year they did, and it was really a nice evening, and uh, uh, it was uh, much uh, more fun than I certainly expected. I will say this, I would be nervous to do that after Rick Mount bobblehead uh, that Saturday, that Iowa game, which I vividly remember did not go Purdue's way as they were up big at the half. I'd be a little nervous about going out for bobblehead night after that one. Well, yeah, they were down a little bit at halftime, but, you know, they've got a good team, so I I think they're going to be awfully hard to beat in Mackey. So uh, they came back and, and, and won it. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and credit to your wise words at the half, which uh, helped propel them. Now, here's the critical question. So I'm assuming you left with uh, one of your own bobbleheads. Where does one, uh, immense, uh, um, amongst all of the trophies, awards, and everything that you have uh, garnered over the course of a very long career in, in uh, both on the court and education, where does one display their own bobblehead in the house? Well, I probably put it on top of the refrigerator. I, <laughs> I have uh, I have Red Mackey's bobblehead and Clisby's and a few others uh, uh, over the years that I've gotten when I've gone to games. So, um, you know, as long as I don't knock it over like I, <laughs> I did Glenn Robinson. Oh, so, no. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it'll be okay. <laughs> We're talking with Dave Shellhouse here on the Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. So uh, you've got this book out here. It's called The Shellhouse Story. It's the rise, fall, redemption, the story of a Purdue legend. Uh, this is uh, also written with uh, Tom Speaker. I believe uh, folks here locally will recognize uh, that name here. Uh, you, you try to do three things in this book. Uh, show, show young folks how to play the game, how to coach the game, and, uh, and how to stay sober. Three main tenets of this book. Uh, what inspired you? Was there a moment? Was it just, I've always wanted to do something like this? What inspired you to team up with Tom and write the book? Well, I, I think the second part. I always wanted to do something like that. Um, I, uh, you know, I feel that, that there have been some interesting things that have, that have occurred in my life. So basically, it's a, it's the story of my life growing up in Evansville, uh, how you, you know, you begin in athletics and then, uh, uh, being recruited and then choosing Purdue and then my experience, you know, in the pros. And, and then I went back and, um, uh, got into coaching. And so I always wanted to tell my story, but I also wanted, as you say, to, to make it a, 
And, you know, I've learned a, a lot about playing basketball. I coached for 30 years, and I've been sober almost, well, be 39 years at the end of this month. Congratulations. And, thank you. And it, it was, you know, uh, and fortunately, I met uh, Tom Speaker. I read one of his books that I just loved, and I got a hold of him, and he and I met. And uh, what I would do would be to record you know, uh, in order, and then he would uh, write it, and we would edit it, and we just kind of kept going and became very good friends, and I couldn't have done it without him. But, um, you know, I'm just just glad I did it. You know, I I did it. Uh, Hopefully it can help someone, and uh, people can find it interesting. I know it's tough these days as a uh, as a youth who w- wants to play basketball and then wants to move up to a Division One level. Uh, there's just so much, stuff. and of course, you work in you know in the Logan Sports system for quite some time. You know how different that journey has has you know become. Now you throw in all the NIL. There's all these recruiting services. The uh, the AU bat. All the stuff was not at the forefront when you were a uh, young recruit out of Evansville. Talk a little bit about how your journey began coming out of high school. I know you had a lot of offers uh, to play different places. What West Virginia, I think Illinois were all interested, and then you had a shot to play baseball too, right? So, uh, how do how do you come to how do you narrow it down? Talk a little bit about that journey right before you get to Purdue. Well, I you know as I progressed in basketball, baseball was also a big part of my growing up. But as I progressed in basketball, it was just a game I loved. I mean, I loved to play it. And uh, so it was obvious to me uh, that I wanted to go to college. Uh, no one else in my family up to that point had had went to college. And uh, in those days, you were encouraged to, to do that. And uh, so basketball was my vehicle, you know, to, to get a scholarship and, and so forth. Well, when it came down to the recruiting, I just loved it. I mean, <laughs> you know, I like people uh, saying you're good. Will you <laughs> yeah. come here? Yeah. All that stuff, you know, fed my ego. And and I wound up, uh, I believe, making a very good choice to go to Purdue. And um, the, you're right. It came down to three schools eventually. Uh Illinois, there were a number of uh, guys from uh, Evansville that had gone to Illinois, Mm -hmm. either for football or basketball, and um, also West Virginia, which incidentally was coached by George King, who later became Purdue's coach and athletic director. So uh, he and I uh, met uh, when I was in high school, and then I actually got to play for him my senior year at Purdue. But uh, it turned out to be a good choice. I, I enjoyed playing for Ray Eddy, and, you know, it was a different world. I mean, you uh, it, they had none of the, what is it called, NIL and yeah. any of that stuff. And, but, uh, and I think that's pointed out in the book, and it's, you know, I talk about it was a, a big heyday uh, in Big Ten basketball was when the, the black athlete uh, in both football and basketball really started coming into the Big Ten. Uh, the Lou Hudsons, the Cassie Russells, and 
Uh, prior to that, it, you know, there weren't that many blacks that had an opportunity to play in the, in the Big Ten. We're talking with Dave Shellhouse here on the Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. His new book now available out on Amazon. Um, so we, we talk a little bit uh, about the book in, in the three tenets there about uh, playing, coaching, and and uh, how to stay sober. I, I want to ask you this. Being such a prolific scorer that you were back in your day, I, I think, uh, no offense, but I feel like the athletes today have a lot uh, – they're, they're more athletic, right? I, I mean, we know so much more about the, you know, the nutrition, the training, and all that stuff. That, but yet, uh, to score at the rate that somebody like uh, you would, like Rick Mountwood, uh, Terry, it's not as, as common as, as you would think. Is there a skill? Is there something that's missing from today's basketball well, player that you might I tell see? People, you know, I tell people that the big difference is uh, a lot of uh, you can't get to the basket now. You know what I mean? I mean, in my day, if you could beat your man, <laughs> you could get fouled going to the basket or you could get to the basket. With the advent of help defense in the 70s, 80s, uh, and and how rough the game is. I mm-hmm. think the game is very rough underneath the basket. I mean, I watch guys drive to the basket, and they cannot get to the foul line. They just don't call it. And it seems like outside they call a lot of the little ticky-tack fouls. So I think that was a big difference. Uh, I probably shot uh, one of my goals each game was to try to shoot 10 free throws a game. Well, that's very uncommon. You know, Zach Eady does it because he's 7-4. But you find any other player that can get to the line that much, it's a different game. You know, they, they allow these guys to put hands on them. I mean, I could guard a guy if I if you let me put their hands on him. Mm-hmm. So I think the rule changes, the way the game's played, the way the game's taught. Um, I think uh, a lot of people pass up, also pass up a, a shot at around you know a mid range shot in order to shoot threes. And to me, uh, I'd rather hit five two point shots than miss five three point shots. So. You know, it's a different game. Talk with Dave Shellhouse here on the Blue Fox Eating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Another tenant that you tackle in the book here is how to coach. I think it's great when you look at Matt Painter and uh, a lot of the uh, former players that are coming up now through the coaching ranks with him, getting their start over there. Of course, P.J. Thompson's getting uh, a lot of run and running that offense. And, and, of course, that dynamic's changing very rapidly in college basketball where you're having – assistants maybe run the offense but if a young player is thinking about a career in coaching going forward and certainly there's a couple on Purdue's uh, bench right now and Carson Barrett really wants to the Central Catholic standout uh, wants to get into it too uh, what is what do you think is the biggest trait that a potential coach needs to have or develop to be successful well I think there's a lot of a lot of things that uh, you know are entailed in that job um, I think there are a lot of opportunities. I would like to see, you know, guys that go out and start at the high school level because I think there's a real need for good coaching in the high school levels. Uh, it seems that uh, we don't have that long-time coach anymore. You know, we have people that do it a while, and then they wind up, for whatever reason, not coaching. But, um you know, in high school, a lot of these kids, I think, are very uh, 
deficient in the fundamentals of the game. And, you know, the great thing about Purdue is that Painter's been there a long time. Uh, the players know what to expect. The recruits know what to expect. And, um, you know, it's a, uh, it's just a different, again, uh, just like playing, coaching nowadays is different than it was when I started. Dave Shellhouse, the book, The Shellhouse Story, is available for you on Amazon. Again, a tremendous read, uh, especially for young basketball players, uh, the things they need to learn, things they need to know, uh, how to coach and how to stay sober. It's uh, it's a great book. I advise you to go out there and pick it up. And I cannot believe we got so lucky as to have this guy on here. We have to thank our buddy Lanny Sego for getting this uh, set up for us here. Dave Shellhouse, Purdue legend. On the Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline, sir. It's been an absolute pleasure. I can't believe time flies with these things, but it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. Well, yeah, it has, Jared. And you're very good, and uh, I bet you've got a great audience.